1: Great to be back with you folks. Again, it's an honor that we get to cross your uh, airways. And with us is uh, Pastor Tony Miller. I always tell people he's like... One of my pastors for life here until until death do us part, and yes. I have a feeling that <laughs> I have a feeling that Pastor Miller might outlive me. I well, I, I think I that. think we're going to be <laughs> celebrating a hundred with him one day, and, and uh, I'm going to be about ninety. That's going to be a hard celebration. <laughs> I'm going to be about eighty five or something. Like, let's, uh, baby, we need to go to Pastor my, Miller's my brother, uh,
2: Well, my oldest brother lived to eighty, but my father in law is ninety two and going to have wow. a birthday this summer.
1: <laughs> well, praise God for that. Look at the things you see in your life when you're 92 years old. So yes. folks, we continue to move through the armor of God and it's, it's been pretty awesome. So we're in the book of Ephesians. We started in verse 10 on Monday and, uh, we find ourselves, we've been moving along and we find ourselves in verse number 15 with your feet shard with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Pastor was just introducing how we need to be prepared to share this no matter what the circumstances, no matter where we are in life. And this reminds me pastor, by way of introduction, when I was an Army recruiter. And what the what we did in Army recruiting is every day you got this massive phone call. Now, back in the 80s, you can imagine the Army spent like $300 a month to have the ability uh, to call people. And the phone call always went something like this. They would pick whoever the number one Army recruiter was in your area would give a speech to fire everybody up. Sadly, I held that position for uh, about 250 days out of 365 oh, wow. every year. So I was number one in my area i guess he would call it a battalion and brigade i was number one in that battalion and brigade the entire time i was a recruiter so i would have to fire people up so they would send me this commentary to go by i was so excited when somebody would be would win recruiter of the month because i won 34 out of 36 and i i became recruiter of the year for the entire united states army one year secretary of the army recruiter of the year the number one recruiter in the country and i gotta tell you i didn't have the gospel I didn't have things like that. So I would talk to people and I'd say, never forget who you serve. When you go out and share the Army today, our Army started in 1775, and, and, you know, that's what I do. Never forget what the Army's done for this country. You know, let's go back and look at the wars. So one day we'd be talking about the Revolutionary War and people standing up and getting shot just so their buddies could get in fighting positions. And, and, and man, we would just rah, rah, rah. You know, we'd get everybody all wound up. Never forget what the Army did for you. You're, You're all a bunch of bums. If you hadn't joined the United States Army, you'd have nothing. Well somehow we don't need the phone call we got the bible yes but this needs to happen every day
2: never forget who you got our hearts yeah that we're sons of god and we're soldiers of the cross and you talk about the revolutionary war i just recently found out this spring in tracing back my ancestry all the way back to the fourth great-grandfather and one of my great-grandfather's in the revolutionary war in this country. Praise God. I just found that out, and I, I appreciate that, and I esteem him for it. But, you know, there's a greater war that we can esteem people for, and that's fighting the battle of the Christian life and winning against Satan, yeah, the enemy, and his demons. So how are you prepared? I mean, you're in the midst. This Going back to
1: your job there as the senior pastor for many years, a large church, a lot going on. Uh, no joke joking aside, where I said, every day something's going on. When you got hundreds of people, something's going on. In the midst of that, how did you find yourself prepared? I mean, you got somebody who may have passed away, you got somebody going through the worst trials of their life, yet in the midst of that, you have to be prepared to share the gospel. How?
2: Well, it always comes back to the gospel. And I remember a dad brought his son, 10 years of age, and he says, My son has received Christ, but he can't get assurance. And Satan was going at him, going at him. And I just went through the gospel, and he had he had asked the Lord to save him. I said, now you come back to this. You depend upon God's promise about the death, burial, and resurrection. They're in Romans 10. Yeah. And so the gospel is always the answer. It is... And that's why he says, have yourself in a way that you're shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And I said, now you get you a verse that you're going to claim as God's promise, especially to you personally as a young boy. Yeah. And I call him a trigger verse. So when Satan comes around, you shoot him with that verse. I like that. Yeah. And it backs him off. You stick the sword of the spirit in him or shoot him with a trigger verse. And, you know, uh, a couple of Sundays later at church, that little boy came up and said, I got a trigger verse. Oh. Romans ten thirteen: For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I've called upon the name of the Lord. God keeps his promise, and he would defeat Satan, causing him to have doubt as a believer and cause him to be disturbed and not have peace in his heart. Yeah. You know, you know when we're disturbed and we're not sure we're saved, we're not witnesses. We're not, we're not bold. We're, we're worried about ourselves going to hell instead of others. Yeah. And I saw that with my mom, when I told her, mom, the power of the gospel, you're kept by the power of God. First Peter one, five, she got that verse and that became her trigger verse. And immediately <laughs> after she got that, she says, Tony, could you give me some of those little booklets you, you, you pass out to people just talking about gospel tracks. And immediately my mom wanted to start sharing this because no longer could Satan distract her and disturb her and not have peace in her heart. She knew she was saved by the promise of God's power.
1: And, and folks, I mean, that's a great place to just ruminate on here for a minute is knowing for sure you're saved. And uh, in my life, you know, I, I was saved, uh, but that idea of security. Yes, Uh, it was, you know, I was around some Bible studies. I was a member of a good church, uh, Hillcrest Baptist church, um, down there in El Paso, Texas. Mm. And, uh, um, but you know, I was around a lot of the chaplain corps. Now there's some good chaplains out there. Please don't misunderstand a chaplain Mm -hmm. led me to the Lord. A chaplain led my dear wife, Debbie to the Lord. But sometimes you can find yourself in a position around people that can lose their salvation or they talk about what to do. Let me give you a, for instance here. And I, I think this is so important that we just hang here for a second with Pastor Miller for this purpose. I can't tell you how many years in my life that I didn't have this right. Maybe a year, maybe two. Yes. Uh, But I'll never forget the difference in my life that day I got it. That day that I heard my pastor preach on security eternal security yes and i'll never forget when those verses echo in my mind for whosoever shall call upon the Lord, you know there's there's no way out here you know mm-hmm. it's it's done and he used better verses and i used, and that's really obviously they're all great and equally wonderful but i'll never forget sitting there and this peace came over me mm, the gospel of peace so how many people would you say over your many years came into you and said pastor i'm not sure about this oh
2: hundreds yeah. Yes, that was one of the things when I was a student counselor at a Christian University for 7 years, I had literally hundreds of students where they're preaching the word of God, teaching it, but you know, people start getting convicted of sin and sometimes they differentiate between peace with God and the peace of God. Yeah. You know, peace with God is through receiving Jesus Christ, justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. But sometimes when we're worrying, fretting, we're living in sin, we don't have eternal security, right? We don't have the peace of God. And that's what happened But my mom. Whenever she saw that it's Jesus has already done it all, it doesn't depend upon what I do. He died for my sins. He was buried, and he rose again, the Scripture, for my justification. That settled it with her, and she had the peace of God, and she wanted to go share the gospel of peace with everybody else.
1: And you know, folks, and something Pastor said the day before yesterday on this broadcast that kind of caught my attention, and I try to mention this as much as possible. You know, we're an emotional people; we're we're an emotional creature. And, yes. And sometimes, if we're not careful, we try to gauge our walk with God by, feelings. On, by feelings, by feelings, yes, by emotion, boy. And uh, and and, folks, that's so dangerous. It's God's word. God's word says it. We believe it. We're locking that bad boy in. We're moving forward with. That so I I think as we go on and we talk about being prepared, having all this going on, number one, you better have your ducks in a row with your salvation, right? Yes,
2: exactly. I went through a time my second year training for the ministry. And I started doubting my salvation, and Satan was coming and saying, "How could you have been a Christian and done this? Do you know you prayed the right words? Are you know made everything technical? Did you really repent? Did you have saving faith? Did you believe in the blood atonement?" And he made it real complex and technical. God, when He comes and saves us, He doesn't make it technical. And finally, I just came to rest upon Jesus loved me so much He died for me and took my hell jesus has the power to save me he came out of the grave and boy when i finally said that's what i'm going to depend upon jesus love and god's power to get me there and you know what happened i started anytime satan would come to me i said thank god for the reality of this and he would flee because he doesn't like people to thank god for his promises in the gospel yeah, and I,
1: I think it's so important, too, folks, as we navigate this world God has placed us in, as, as we go through our marriages, as we go through life, we're, we're constantly uh, barraged with things that can mess with our emotions. We're constantly mm. barraged with things that can mess with our family.
2: Even our we're, minds.
1: Even our minds. And our so hold, hold that for a minute, folks. We're going to go ahead and let these radio stations do what they have to do, but we'll be right back with you.
0: Return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements.
1: One of the things that I, I have to remember all the time is there's there's two persons. In this marriage you know mm-hmm. we're not we're not just people i mean we're these individual persons with stuff going on and our own salvation working that out our our own preparations things of that nature and and in my life i can't prepare debbie i can prepare with debbie but talk about that pastor i mean how do we how do we work that with our families well
2: one of the biggest mistakes that christians do they forget ephesians 5 God never comes and tells the husband, now make sure your wife submits to you and respects you. No, he says to the husband, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. He doesn't come to the wife and say, now make sure your husband loves you and makes you feel loved. No, he says, make sure you're showing him respectful followership or submission. And so God never comes and says, look at these other people and make sure they do it for you. He always focuses on a responsibility. And the common error that Satan puts people in, oh, you got to change your mate. No, you better change yourself and stay focused on yourself. If you get focused on somebody else, you're not going to do what God's asking you to do. And you're going to be in problems with God because you're disobeying because you're not focused on your, re- your responsibility.
1: Yeah, years ago. Uh, Years ago, there was a New York Giant coach and Bill Parcells, and a lot of people know him and keep up with the NFL, but he was the first one to coin the phrase, do your job. But I want you to know it goes back hundreds of years to the Marquis de Lafayette, who was a general who came to help in the revolution. He actually resigned. Uh, from France, came to the United States and stood by Washington's side and taught him battle and things like that. And he would basically tell the generals, he would tell the colonels, he would tell the sergeants, he would tell everybody, if we all do our job, if we all just do whatever job that is we have in this particular thing, we we uh, the person next to us is extremely important, but the best thing we can do for the person next to us, is do our Amen. job, is Amen. to show up, to be on the job, to be different, and uh, I think that's a real big deal. So, so Pastor, here we are. We're wrapping up the gospel of peace, and where do we go from here?
2: Well, we've looked at the fact that uh, the belt of truth is what deals with Satan's deception, his deceit. Truth corrects that, and we saw that you know, he makes accusations that lead us to disobedience, and the breastplate of righteousness handles the right, uh, the right issue with Satan yeah. and stops his accusations. And the gospel of peace is the one that when we're disturbed in and distraught and all upset and divided in our hearts, the gospel of peace is what protects us from the enemy. But then the next thing deals with doubt, the shield of faith. You know, Satan wants us to doubt God's goodness, wants us to doubt our Christian brother's motive. He wants to throw us into doubt about our mates. Uh, what, are they doing the right thing? Are they going to treat me right? No, he says, the shield of faith, you take your individual heart and you come to depend upon God The the doubt. So depending upon God for all of our needs is a large shield. And that's what the shield term was here. The shield is faith. But that was a four foot by two and a half foot shield that curved around them. And fiery darts or arrows shot or spears thrown, it would protect the whole body of a soldier. And that's exactly how we're protected from the enemy about doubt is by faith or depending upon God. What is faith? It's believing God and acting upon his promises.
1: You know, folks, and and we have faith in a lot of things in life. I think about that. You know, I I can go outside. I can hop in my pickup truck. I put the key in and I turn the key. I have faith it's going to start.
2: Sure. You flip on the light
1: switch. Yeah. I have faith the lights are coming on at home. I have faith. I believe that. You know, once in a while, once in 10 years, maybe you come in, oh, the lights are out for a minute or something like maybe that. Maybe your
2: computer won't come on when you flip the switch.
1: Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, but but this idea of faith, this idea that it, it's beyond our human comprehension of what faith is. I mean, this is a different level of faith. We're believing in the God uh, who gave his son for us. You know, I, I've always, I studied these world religions. And when you're stationed in different places in the world, and I remember being in Asia and uh, I remember that you know there were really large Buddhists in the area, so I wanted to know what Buddha was all about. What is this that a a billion people around the world are following? What is the main thing here in Korea where I was? I'd go to Japan. You know who's this Buddha guy? What is this all about? How did he die first? Well, he didn't. He didn't die. He died of food poisoning, right? But they would bury people on the side of these hills. And if you were rich enough, they'd give you a casket that was a seated upright position, and they'd find a hill to bury you in so that supposedly you could look through your casket and look through the ground, and if Buddha went by, you could go with him. That's what your faith is in. And, and folks, I say this to you, and not out of uh, meanness or anything like that, but that's beyond any comprehension that I can have in my mind of faith, is that you trust this guy that died of food poisoning, and you're hoping he goes by you. And here we are serving a living Savior. And, I mean, our faith is different for a living Savior than it is a guy that may come by.
2: Yeah, wh- one guy was talking about uh, Mohammed to a, a, to a Christian, and this Muslim said, said you know, he, I don't get it with you Christians. You know, you go and we can go to our tomb of our founder. He's there. But you guys that are Christians, you go to that tomb and it's empty. You, he's not there, and the Christian said, "That's you. That's just the difference that makes a difference. Our resurrected Savior's out of the tomb. He's alive, and yours is still dead." Yeah, he lives. He lives. lives. Christ Jesus lives
1: today. Yes. <laughs> and
2: uh, <clears throat> but coming back to it, in fact, that's what Paul prayed for these people that. In Ephesians 1 and verse 19, he says that they would know the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe through the mighty working of his power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. We have a living Savior and we have the power of our Savior. Resurrection power of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us is the same resurrection power that took Jesus out of the grave. Amen. And so we have the power and be strong in the power and strength of God. And we're depending upon that, and God demonstrates that over and over in our lives, that we depend upon Him, which is, we're talking about that shield of faith that protects us as we go through life depending upon Christ. Fiery darts of doubt, depression, discouragement, the things that Satan tries to do, get people to so discouraged. You know, a lot of people that have post-traumatic stress, they... Uh, are discouraged and they' they get negative and God says no, no, no. Faith in me, the future is as bright as the promises of God.
1: That's a good place to be and, and I'll tell you folks exactly what Pastor is saying in my life and in those bad times in those times where you're uh, you're stuck with flashbacks, you're stuck with things mm. going on in your mind that guilt and and a lot of guilt that people face is false guilt. Yes, yeah right. You know, if I had done something better, this guy would have lived. But wait a minute. God
2: says, Satan, he determines, the accuser. That's Satan's right. being the accuser. Boy,
1: he's throwing everything at me he can and those temptations. And we're continuously looking for a feel good
2: quick thing.
1: Uh, I had a young man not too long ago I was counseling with. And, and uh, he had an infidelity in his marriage. And I was talking to him and I said, well, you know, just out of curiosity, I, I want to know what caused this. I, I don't want to hear the devil made me do it. How did we get here? Start at point A, you know, you're a faithful mm. husband doing all the right things. And bring me to point B, you have a relationship outside of marriage, uh, which is against God's word, against your marriage, yes. you know, all that. How do we get to point B? And I'll never forget what the guy said. After he got through, the devil made me do it. Oh. He got to the point, well, it didn't start with having an affair, brother Doug. It started with just these little things. You know, the devil put these little pictures in front of me and these things I could click on in my computer. And then I'd forget that, you know, just faith in God, I can make all this go away. Yeah. Then he said, I woke up one day and I'm in holiday inn and, and, and folks, we're going to continue this on tomorrow. And we're so excited that you're taking the time to listen to us and be part of this. And if we can do anything to help you again, Doug at woundedspirits.com. God bless you.
0: Thank you for listening to our broadcast